It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. Hi, Cardinal fans. I'm Ozzie Smith. Smith corks one into right down the line. It may go. And you're listening to the Cardinals Insider Podcast. Go crazy, folks. Go crazy. Here's your host, Brett McMillan. Welcome to the Cardinals Insider Podcast, June the 19th edition. My name is Brett McMillan, and we are remembering a legend this week. We're going to play all four eulogies from Red Shane Dean's memorial service in their entirety. Plus, we've got an interview with Rick Hummel, the commish from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch, a fellow Hall of Famer, right along with Red. We conducted that with Rick at the VIP luncheon at the Cardinals Club, which followed the service on uh, June the 15th. All that coming up momentarily as we look back on the life and the legacy of Red Shandings. But before that, a little bit more of a lighthearted note, as we want to remind you that Peanuts Night returns to Bush Stadium on Wednesday, June 27th. Purchase a special-themed ticket, and you receive an exclusive Cardinals-themed Snoopy bobblehead. Get your tickets now at cardinals.com theme. Also, another great promotional night. It comes on Saturday, June the 30th. 30,000 fans 16 and older will take home a Carlos Martinez mystery hair bobblehead courtesy of AT&T. Which one of Tsunami's hairstyles will you take home? There's four of them out there available. You'll find out when you open up the box. Get your tickets now at cardinals.com slash promotions. So again, peanuts night, cardinals.com slash theme for those tickets. Get your Snoopy bobblehead. And then on June the 30th, it is cardinals.com slash promotions for your Cardinals, or rather Carlos Martinez mystery hair bobblehead, and that is courtesy of AT&T. We're going to play the eulogies from Red Service in sequential order, so we'll come back to the studio after each one just to kind of set up who is coming up to speak. The service overall was uh, about two hours, don't worry. Uh, The eulogies were just a small part of everything that went on at the Cathedral Basilica here in St. Louis. Just a beautiful big church, ornate tile, uh, the very classic wood pews, I guess the, the, the large altar at the front of the church. Just a massive and impressive space befitting the legacy of this massively important cardinal. It was a great place to have it, and, and I thought it was a great honor for both Red and his family and a great place for Cardinal Nation collectively to come together and, and say their final goodbyes to Red. We begin with Bill DeWitt Jr., chairman, CEO of the St. Louis Cardinals. Now, the DeWitts have been the majority owners of the club since 1996, so the interaction between Red and the DeWitt family really recurring, I guess, in the latter third or so of of Red's life, but Mr. DeWitt grew up in St. Louis. His dad owned the St. Louis Browns. Red was here in town, a very big name in baseball, and the DeWitt family has has been running baseball teams or working at the high levels of baseball clubs 
for a century, several generations of DeWitts. So the the Shane Deans, the DeWitts, very familiar with each other, and I know there's just a massive appreciation that comes from the DeWitt family for all the Cardinal Hall of Famers. They want to be great stewards and shepherds of this history. So there's a lot of respect between the two families and between the DeWitts and also Red Shane Deans. So here it is, unabridged, William O. DeWitt Jr., memorializing the great Red Shandienst. I'm Bill DeWitt, chairman of the St. Louis Cardinals. It's a great pleasure to speak today about Red Shandienst, whose impact on the Cardinals franchise has truly been historic. This season was his 67th with the Cardinals and 76th in professional baseball. I assure you that will never be equaled. With his long tenure as a friend and mentor to so many of us, we sometimes forget how great a player he was. During his 18-year Hall of Fame playing career, Red excelled in all facets of the game. A superb second baseman, he led the league in fielding seven times. Baseball historian Bill James re- referred to his fielding as, quote, flawless. In 1949, he broke the consecutive assist record without an error and went on later to break his own record. Always considered an excellent base runner, he led the National League in stolen bases in 1945. He was a 10-time All-Star, and he hit the game-winning home run for the National League in the 14th inning in 1950. And of course, an excellent switch hitter with a lifetime average of 289 and seven seasons of 300 or better, led the major leagues led the National League with 43 doubles in 1950 and hits with 200 in 1957. And if you look at that 1957 National League, there are some pretty impressive players there. Following his brilliant playing career, Red became a coach in 1964, a year in which the Cardinals won the pennant and beat the Yankees in the World Series. He was named manager the following year after only one year as a coach following his playing career, and subsequently started the longest tenure and winningest manager in Cardinals history over a 12-year period, with 1,041 wins, only surpassed by Tono de Russa in 2008. Later, he served as a coach through the 1959 season and as a special, a special assistant to the Cardinals uh, and to the general manager in particular. It was not a ceremonial position, as he attended spring training every year in uniform until three or four years ago, and was a great resource for the staff and helped with many players. He did the same back in St. Louis and occasionally traveled with the club on the road as well. He could certainly handle a fungo bat and did so well into his 80s didn't break stride. Of course, Red excelled at everything he did, whether it was hitting a baseball or a golf ball or hunting and fishing. He was just a superb athlete. In fact, he played on the Budweiser National Bowling Team one year, just as a sidelight. And despite his incredible career and accomplishment, he stayed true to his Midwestern roots. He was humble, loyal, and always looked for the positives in people and situations. He and his wife Mary had a wonderful marriage and a great family, of which he was very proud. Of course, he was very close to Stan. They were roommates on the road. I know had a lot of fun traveling around, 
and great friends on and off the field. They were giants in the St. Louis community and gave of themselves for numerous civic endeavors. And they were universally admired throughout the baseball world, appreciated by fans, always cheered, and also media when they were on the road. True ambassadors for the Cardinals franchise on the road. So popular were they that the owner of the New York Giants would have them for dinner when they played the Giants, only to have them beat the Giants the next day. <laughs> I was fortunate to be around them on occasion growing up in St. Louis because they were good friends of my parents through their baseball connection. Little did I know how lucky I would be or how all of us with the Cardinals would be to be associated with Red in the Cardinals organization. The Cardinals are very fortunate to have had Red Shaneys on their side for 67 years, a period of tremendous growth and success, and with his fingerprints all over it. He will clearly be missed, but his legacy will endure, as will the standard of excellence he set for all of us. Thank you. Back in our studio as we get ready for the next speaker, which was Jeff Idelson. He is the president of the National Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown, New York. Jeff is really the face of the Hall of Fame as far as the executives that work there. He works to promote it. He works to uh, play a big role in kind of being an ambassador both in Cooperstown and outside of it, and also as a liaison directly to the Hall of Famers themselves and their families. So when a Hall of Famer is sick or when a Hall of Famer passes away, Jeff is generally uh, involved in kind of memorializing that player to the degree I think that the, the family wants him to be. And he knew Red well. Red was the oldest living National Baseball Hall of Famer at 95. Bobby Doerr had been the previous oldest one, the Red Sox second baseman. He passed away several months ago, so Red had been the oldest living Hall of Famer. And I know that Jeff had a, a big respect for Red. I had been around before when he'd come in and, and interviewed Red or met with Red. I, I'd gotten to see the two of them interact. And Jeff, like most of us in this game, are fans at heart and fans first. And how could you not be a fan of the great Red Shandies, the gentleman and one of the smoothest second basemen in the history of our game? Here he is, Jeff Idelson, president of the Baseball Hall of Fame, reflecting on his friend, Red Shandies. Good afternoon. My name is Jeff Idelson, and I have the honor of serving as president of the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown. And on behalf of Hall of Fame Chairman Jane Forbes-Clark, our board of directors, the Hall of Fame members, and our entire staff in Cooperstown, it's an honor to stand before you, although with a very heavy heart. There are so many ways to measure the greatness of a person, but it's the words and actions of others who knew him or her that really says the most. The Baseball Hall of Fame embraces the qualities of character, integrity, and sportsmanship, and there's no one who embodied those traits more so than Red Shandingst. And that's why Red was universally respected and beloved, not only in St. Louis, but everywhere that baseball is played. For those of us who are fortunate enough to have our lives touched by Red, we're all the better for it. Now we have a responsibility to pass his passion for baseball along to this and future generations is what he would have wanted. Seven of our game's legends, all of whom wore the Cardinals uniform, are here today representing the most prestigious beacon in sports, the Baseball Hall of Fame. And they're here because of their profound respect for Red and to honor a great friend. 
The consensus among them all is that Red was a quiet and wise leader, committed to his knowledge of the game, the Cardinals, and the fans, and was one of the kindest people to walk the earth. Red loved the game as much as anyone I ever met. And as one of the other great Reds, Red Smith of the New York Times once wrote, to Red Shandienst, baseball was pure joy. He loved every minute of it. Bob Gibson, who was Red's teammate for three years and then played for him for 11 more seasons, remembers Red as an astute player's manager. He was a gem, Bob told me. He knew the game so well, all phases of the game. He sent us out to play, sat back, and he let us play. He had faith in us and he trusted us. He wasn't a control person, but he was always in control. Lou Brock became a Cardinal in 1965, Red's first year managing. Red had an immediate and lasting impact on him. Red was a quality man with a great deal of wisdom, Lou told me. I called him Skipper. Skip would let his players chart our own courses and tried to help us reach our destination by making us believe in ourselves. I had just come over from the Cubs and was nervous. I was tight. I was in the cage hitting and I thought I was doing okay. But then I heard this voice behind the cage say, get loose, relax. Well, I hit 348 the rest of the way. The voice, it was Skip's. He's, he was able to get in our minds by making us believe we were doing it on our own. Tony LaRusso is here today, and I call him Blue because he's one of the last three Cardinals managers to win a World Series title, Red, Whitey, and Blue. <laughs> Blue. Blue worked with Red for a decade and a half and remembers his commitment, ability to stay relevant, and thirst to learn. When I think of Red, I think of commitment to the Cardinals and the fans. He would sign autographs for hours right alongside his buddy Stan, Tony said to me. He was at every home game, even when he stopped coaching. I spent 16 seasons with the Cardinals and Red was at every one, getting to the ballpark before workouts began, staying in the dugout the entire game. Every game to him was a learning experience and the next morning he could ask him anyone, anything about any player and he'd have an opinion. He never got old, Tony added. He always stayed current. He was never out of touch, which allowed him to relate to the players even in his later years. He had a golden personality and the respect for him was universal. Bruce Souter spent four years with the Cardinals and Red's impact on him was profound. Red was the best, Bruce told me. He was a quiet guy with a fungo who didn't say much, but if you wanted to ask him a question, he always had a great answer. He lived so long and experienced so much that he could always put things into perspective. He had a great sense of history and was emblematic of the Cardinals and what the organization stands for. Ozzie Smith recognizes Red's understated demeanor and selfless qualities. As Ozzie told me, there are so few people in life that when you hear about them, there's never a negative word said about them. Red was one of those special few, and so was Stan. Everywhere you went, you heard about something Red was doing for somebody else. He was selfless. He had the innate ability to connect with the fans in a very special way. Red was always happy, always pleasant, except once, and that's when Tony Payne gave him a hot foot behind the batting cage. Red was a superhuman being. He understood the game. He was the salt of the earth. Whitey Herzog, who managed the Cardinals for 11 years, met Red when he was 13 years old. I met Red in 1945 in Germantown and never looked back, Whitey told me. He was as smooth a second baseman as there was, and he had great range on pop-ups. He was as strong as an ox, 
which is why I called him the Bionic Man. So many greats came through St. Louis, Hornsby, Pepper Martin, the Gas House Gang. But I can tell you, in places like Oklahoma, Kansas, Arkansas, and North Texas, all Cardinals country, all you would ever hear about was Musial, Slaughter, and Red Shandies. Red was great to everyone, and he was beloved not only in St. Louis, but everywhere. Joe Torrey, who had the unique privilege of managing, playing, and coaching in an All-Star game, or in All-Star games as Red did, fondly remembers Red and his uniform number four coming to the Braves in 1957 to help them win the World Series. Joe later played for Red, Red later coached for Joe, and as Joe tells me, he never learned more from anyone other than Red Shane Deemst. And when the Milwaukee Brewers traded for Red midseason in 1957 and went on to win the World Series, his teammate Hank Aaron said, it made us feel like Superman. We knew he was going to mean so much to our ball club that wouldn't show up in the box score. He became the leader of that ball club. And when I saw Henry yesterday in Atlanta, he remembered Red as a great friend. He so appreciated Red's frequent and ongoing clubhouse conversations with him in an era when the practice was not commonplace in the early years of desegregation in baseball and America. Ultimately, we all realized that baseball belongs to the fans because without them, we would not have a professional sport and it's their opinion that matters. In 1989, Red was inducted into the Baseball Hall of Fame in Cooperstown before, at that time, a record crowd. And for a man who spent his life deflecting credit, he might have finally realized just how much he meant to the game on his induction day. His induction speech on that warm Sunday afternoon, 39 years ago, flowed as if he were circling the bases after a line drive into the gap that was rolling to the wall. First base was growing up in Germantown. He could find a ball game and play every day. Everybody played in Germantown. Second base was when he became a major league player. And as Red said that day in Cooperstown, I would play any position my manager asked. Whatever it took to win, I was willing to do. All I ever wanted was to be on that lineup card every day and become a champion. Third base came in 1947 when he met a dark-haired Irish girl on a Grand Avenue streetcar. She asked him for his autograph, and as Red said, well, two years later, I signed her up. Mary and Red <laughs> were married for 52 years. Red completed his trip around the bases and crossed home plate when he was elected to the Hall of Fame. He closed his induction speech by loosely quoting acclaimed French author Albert Camus. It was a quote about perseverance that Mary and he loved. In the midst of winter, I finally learned that there was within me an invincible summer. Rest in peace, old Redbird. Cooperstown and the entire baseball world mourns the loss of a gentleman, a teacher, a friend, and an icon. Thank you. Back at Bush Stadium and ready to prepare you for Mike Shannon to step to the podium. Mike played a couple of years with Red. Red's last few years were spent as a Cardinal after he had been traded away, won a World Series in Milwaukee as a member of the Braves, a teammate of Hank Aaron, and then eventually in the early 60s ended up back here in St. Louis, and that's when Mike Shannon was just beginning his career for the Cardinals. So the two of them had that overlap. Then, of course, Mike uh, played a big, big role in 1967-68 when Red was managing the Cardinals to a World Series and a pair of National League pennants. And both of these guys have been around for decades and decades. So they've been around each other in many capacities. They had been around each other as friends, as colleagues, 
just in a variety of ways. And Mike Shannon had some poignant and touching words on Red Chain Dean's two guys that are playing a big role even into this current age so many years after they played in the consciousness of what it is to experience the Cardinals. So here he is, Mike Shannon memorializing Red Shandienst at the Cathedral Basilica in St. Louis. Archbishop, and to all of the priests, we thank you. But most of all, I would first like to thank the uh, Shandienst family for sharing their father with us all through these years. Thank you. Red was, he was the man, just period, he was the man. Character, if you look in the dictionary, it says, mental and moral qualities distinctive of an individual, a man of sterling character. That's who Red Cheney's was. He was all of that, and he lived, more importantly, by the golden rule. He was born in the Depression, never forgot where he came from, and he always lived life as an example of the golden rule. To everyone he met, he lived the golden rule. He was a true standard and bearer of ethical standards and principles. Humility, kindness, modesty, patience. He employed these virtues in baseball, and he, saw, and he also used them in life. But really, he was so much more to me and to all of us. Fair, forgiving, generous, gracious, joyful, kind, loving, loyal, optimistic, passionate, reliable, Respectful, sincere, caring, compassionate, confident, courageous, determined, ethical, authentic, beautiful, assertive, trusting, and wise. He was a great friend, mentor, advisor, hunter, fisherman, leader, baseball great, and most of all, a family man. Red has left a legacy of the golden rule for his children, his grandchildren and his great-grandchildren, and for all of us. He was the leader of his family, and uh, he passed it on. He turned his flip phone, just one example, he turned his flip phone, God bless him, he and I, and Costas, the only guys who had flip phones left. But he turned it in for a smartphone, you know why? So he could have pictures of his family, all of his family. Red told some of our young players who were here today just a few months ago, he said, you know, I feel sorry for you guys. And they looked at him like, what are you talking about, Red? He said, well, I feel sorry for you because you didn't have the experiences that I did. And he had some great ones. You know, a few years ago, up in the booth, I have an intern. And this intern came to me and he said, well, that Mr. Shandy's is really smart. And I said, well, why would you say that? He said, well, yesterday when that pitcher was mowing us down, I went over to him and said, hey, Red. Well, he said, hey, Mr. Shandys, he said, this guy's really good. And Red says, yeah, but this guy's going to do this, and that guy's going to do that, and then he's going to be knocked out, and we're going to win the game. He said, Mr. Shannon, he said, that's exactly what happened. He said, how does he know that? That was Red. And uh, you can ask uh, anybody here that knew Red. They'll tell you the same thing. I used to always tell the story about Red, and he loved it, because the Pope died and he went to heaven. So when he got to heaven, he went up to St. Peter and he said, St. Peter, I'm the Pope, I just passed, I'd like to come into heaven. And St. Peter said, sorry, Pope, you can't come into heaven yet because God's not here, and nobody gets into heaven unless God's here. 
He took him over and sat him to the little table to the right. Next thing you know, here comes Red Shaney's and he walks right in. And the Pope went up to him. The Pope went up to St. Peter and said, I just saw Red Shaney's walk in. He said, no, that's not Red Shaney's. That's God. He just thinks he's red. (laughs) But when something needed to be done, Something needed to be done. Red was the one to do it, I can tell you that. Well, a couple of us guys know that here, especially Lou Brock and myself. (laughs) When something needed to be done, Red did it, and he did it the way you're supposed to do it, not only on the field, but off the field. He's one of the most moral people that we will ever, ever know. Fantastic gentleman. God bless. God bless us all for him being with us. We're, we were very lucky to know Red. I was lucky enough to know him as a manager, a player, a friend, and a mentor. It was because of Red that I and so many other people accomplished so much in life, and for that, we were all grateful to him. We loved him, and I loved him especially. When you saw Red, you always got a smile. Red was everything everyone else wanted to be. As a person, a boy, a girl, man, woman, everyone wanted to be just like Red. His testimony is here today. The greatness is evident in uh, this gathering. Red's body might be gone, but his soul is in our hearts forever. People come and people go. Number two will always stay. God bless. We love you, Red. The last eulogy we head into is that of Red's daughter, Colleen. You have probably seen her sing the national anthem before at a Cardinal game. She did so this past opening day and was kind of the, uh, I guess, spokesperson, for lack of a better term, for the family. She stepped up and delivered what to me was just a, an incredibly touching uh, eulogy. Not that the other three weren't. I thought that they were outstanding, but there's no one that knows someone who's passed away quite like the family, quite like a child. Uh, nobody quite knows the tenderness maybe of a father as a daughter and I thought Colleen did just a magnificent job of capturing that and giving us a a window into her dad's heart and his makeup away from the field which because of the the kind of man that Red was I didn't really know him but I feel like I have a real clear picture of that just from other people around the ballpark that knew him very well And Colleen, just even to a further degree, really painted a beautiful picture. So here she is, Colleen Shandienst, remembering her dad, Red. Good morning, Archbishop Carlson, fellow priest, Hall of Famers, family, friends, and Cardinal Nation. We really appreciate you being with us as we celebrate our life of our dad. 95 years of happiness is an outstanding record. Dad was a man that let his actions speak for himself. His determination and instincts led to his successes. He had a strong moral compass that drove him to do the right things in life. Growing up in Germantown, Illinois, with his six brothers, and sister was the start of his learning about family loyalty, hard work, and fun. Those mischievous Shandins brothers always had something happening. 
They might be playing hit the bottle cap with a stick, climbing trees, fishing and hunting to supplement their dinner, and even gathering coal as it fell off the train car. And they were always playing baseball, and boy, were they good. His family did not have much, but Dad always said, we had everything. Their mom would make baseballs using sawdust sewn together with rags, or the boys would wind twine around a hickory nut. Their dad was a coal miner, prison guard, umpire, and also a baseball player. The Shandings boys learned early on that they needed to work together and support the family. This fun-loving childhood impacted Dad to hold family life with great importance. Who better to sustain and continue that ideal of respect and family loyalty than our mom, Mary Eileen O'Reilly? They were a true team. Dad always marveled at Mom's ability to keep our family life normal and said he couldn't have had his career without Mom. We had a loving, happy home full of music, laughter, and, of course, baseball. Dad would come out in the yard and play ball with all the neighborhood kids. He cut his own grass and raked his own leaves. Sundays were our family days. After 9 a.m. Mass, Dad would slip on his white apron to flip pancakes and scramble eggs. Our breakfast conversations were around the day's baseball game, our friends, and school. Before Dad would leave for the game, he would give us a kiss and say, I'll see you at the ballpark. Dad's deep passion for family and faith helped him in his battles with an early eye injury and later his bout with tuberculosis. He had a determination to win and wanted to return to the things he loved. He had a keen insight into his abilities and set his expectations high. These characteristics of determination and discipline defined him, while fame never changed him. It has been told to us by many times that when he was asked for his opinion or thoughts, he was always direct and honest. People liked that about him. He never sugarcoated anything. When Dad talked, people listened. When he told stories, there was a silence in the room because people wanted to hear what he had to say. He was laid back, relaxed with a dry wit. His success in life was that he was true to himself with respect for all. He treated everyone as he wanted to be treated. He lived by the rules of civility and surrounded himself with goodness. Throughout his life, he would tell us often, always do your best. 
We want everyone to know how much Dad appreciated your support throughout his career. His office was every Major League Baseball stadium in America, and one and the only favorite was Bush because of the people who worked there and lived there. He loved his Cardinal family and often said, I don't think anyone had more fun playing baseball than I did. Kathleen, Eileen, Kevin, and I want to extend our thanks to the doctors, nurses, and hospice care from Mercy, and the home health aides who all so diligently and affectionately cared for Dad. Finally, thank you to my sister Eileen, her husband John, and their children Mary and Patrick. Dad's life was extended into extra innings because of you, Eileen. You lovingly took on the roles as chef, chauffeur, personal assistant, and nurse. And Dad always said, Eileen is a sweetheart, just like Mom. So, Dad, we will miss seeing the twinkle in your eye as you shared moments with your great-grandchildren. We will miss hearing how beautiful the sunrise was at 6 a.m. while sitting in a duck blind. We will miss your easygoing style and gentle, tender conversations of wisdom. Now our hearts are filled with gladness to think of you reuniting with mom, your parents, your beloved brothers and sister, daughter-in-law, two grandchildren, and your many friends. Dad, your greatness wasn't just on the playing field. It was that you were a decent man. We will miss you, always love you, and Dad, you are the best. After the service adjourned, we headed back to the ballpark to the Cardinals Club, that's the area behind the green seats, where there was a luncheon for Cardinal Hall of Famers, the family, their close friends, some current Cardinal executives, front office members. And during that time, we conducted a few brief interviews for a television special we're putting together on Red. If you're interested in that episode of Cardinals Insider, it's completely devoted to Red Chaindeans. It'll be the weekend of June 30th and July 1st. The videos will also go on to cardinals.com. If you'd like to watch live, cardinals.com slash insider has times and listings for stations in your area. But the, the point I'm trying to make here, we, we did some interviews, including one with Rick Hummel, who covered Red Chain Deans for a long time. Rick is a Hall of Fame baseball writer for the St. Louis Post-Dispatch. If you live outside the St. Louis area and you're not familiar with him, he is a legend in his own right and knew Red quite well, had watched Red interact with players from way back in the day all the way up until now, and really has a great perspective on the knowledge and the attitude of what made Red Shandings a truly special Cardinal. So to close out the podcast today, here is my interview with Rick Hummel on the great Red Shandings. 
hadn't read for a long time, and we've heard so many wonderful stories, but you had to put into words for people in the public that maybe didn't have the interaction you did. Why was he such a special person in Cardinal history? Well, first of all, the longevity, I guess. Nobody wore the uniform that long, so that, that sets him apart, you know, 20, 30 years apart from it. We're talking 67 years or something like that. That's, I mean, Okendo's getting up into the 30-year range now. He's, he's getting pretty close to being next. But that part alone sets him apart. Now, what sets him apart as a man is that he didn't say much, but you sure as heck should pay attention when he was talking because what he said was, was meaningful. He wasn't much for idle chit-chat, you know. He would say something and he'd say, good, good idea, you know, rather than just dismiss it. So those two things, I think, made him, he, he was firm and fair and uh, a, a team, a Cardinal, be bled Cardinal Blue from the, Red, pardon me, just scratch that, Cardinal Red, from the time that uh, he was 18 years old, 19 years old. He and Stan had that special bond, which you, I'm sure, got to witness. How would you characterize, you know, the, their interaction? Not just, you know, why they were roommates. Obviously, that was was way back in the day. But um, in more contemporary Cardinal history, when Stan was still with us as well. Well, they were like neighbors for a long time on the South Side when they were living here. They roomed together for about 10 years when they were first with the team, and you know you wanted to be in those rooms after games or before games, having them talking about ball or whatever they had going on. Um, they, you know, one of their best seasons was 1967 when Red was managing and Stan's only year as general manager, they won the World Series and Stan said, well, that's enough, I'm done as general manager. One year, I'm out. And uh, they agreed on players, I think most of the time, I'm sure they had some disagreements, but they, you know, Red actually wore six the first year when Stan was in the Army. Uh, people may not realize that he wore two the rest of the time when Stan came back, but uh, they were, I don't know, peas in a pot is, is not a great line to use, but I'm going to use it, but that's what they were. He had such a rapport, even with the contemporary players, just the last few years. Why do you think that he was able to connect to the modern players so well, even here, you know, in 2016-17? Well, I think whoever was managing the team, whether it was Tony or Mike, or Joe or Whitey before that would drop a hint every now and again, hey, you know, pointing at red, this guy over here has forgotten more baseball than you or I or anybody is ever going to know. So if you have a question about something, you should ask him. Don't just think he's some fossil sitting there. He knows a lot about a lot. So those managers kind of greased the, the path for the younger players who then, once they had gravitated to once, took to red once, to other younger players, and that's how the, the cycle started. Red Shandienst, born February 2nd, 1923, passed away June the 6th, 2018. A Hall of Famer who spent parts of eight different decades in a Cardinal uniform, a true gentleman, a true champion, and a Cardinal forever. That's our program for today. You can subscribe and listen at cardinals.com slash podcast or via iTunes. Memphis Redbirds play-by-play voice Steve Selby joins me next week to talk about the AAA Redbirds, who are just, again, having a phenomenal season down in Memphis, Tennessee. Until then, my name is Brett McMillan. Thanks for listening to the Cardinals Insider Podcast.
Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 